Breakfast on Radio 191FM. Tena koto i tene ahi ahi. These are your Radio 1 te reo irerangi kotahi news headlines for Taite Ruataco Marima Hikoe. Ko Quintin tene. What do you do when left with a room full of circus equipment? This was raised in a recent Otago University Students Association executive meeting when discussing the future of the equipment left behind by the former Dunedin Fire and Circus Club. The club was disaffiliated last year in the wake of a scandal involving sexual harassment and drug use within the club. According to OUSA Clubs and Societies representative Dushanka Govinder, the Fire and Circus Club left enough equipment to fill a 10 square metre storage room. The exact nature of what gear was left behind isn't yet known, as the club had not completed a full stock take before they were disaffiliated. Clubs leaving gear behind when they disaffiliate is a recurring issue, according to OUSA President Michaela Waitavi. The Otago University Students Association has over $10,000 set aside from previously selling equipment belonging to disaffiliated clubs. This money is held in a trust for future similar clubs that are formed. OUSA would not release the amount of money being held in trust for each type of club to ensure that the motive for establishing the relative club wasn't purely financial. On Tuesday, the Labour Party announced new initiatives to help tackle the housing crisis. According to Prime Minister Jacinda Ardern, these reforms aim to increase housing supply and increase support for first home buyers. The reforms include extending the Brightline test from 5 years to 10, removing the interest deductibility loophole, allowing Kayanga Order to borrow $2 billion more to expand its home building program, increasing the income cap and cap on house values for the first home buyers grant, and further expanding the apprenticeship boost initiative. This comes after record house prices resulting from the lowering of interest rates in response to the economic pressures of the COVID-19 lockdown. This surge in house prices saw the median house price across the country rise by $55,000 in the month of February. Some parts of the country saw even greater leaps, such as Wellington City, which saw a median house price increase of over $200,000 in the same period. The extension of the Brightline test means that tax will have to be paid on profit from investment properties sold within their first 10 years of purchase. This does not include homes occupied by the owner, however. New builds will also be exempt from the Brightline test. So today we are announcing that we will double the Brightline test originally brought in by the National Party from five years to 10 years to reduce the attractiveness of flipping residential homes to speculators. As is already the case, this will not apply to the family home. We are also encouraging the building of new homes by making new builds exempt from the extension of the Brightline test. The removal of the interest deductibility loophole means that property investors will no longer be able to claim interest on their mortgages as an expense against tax owed on rental income. Reactions to the announcement have been mixed. Matthew Gilligan, director of accounting firm Gilligan Rowe & Associates, said that the Brightline test extension was a capital gains tax by stealth, and that the denial of interest deductions on tax was outrageous and would hurt middle New Zealand. Twitter user Neil Jones, however, was more optimistic, saying that the reforms had already passed the test of good public policy, the rentier class hates it. OUSA is hosting a Diversity in University panel on Friday as a part of Dunedin Race Relations Week. The panel is being held on Friday in Union Hall at Otago University from 12 until 2pm. Hosted by OUSA President Michaela Waitavi, 
The panel features multiple excellent speakers in the field, including Professor Jacinto Rudu, a law lecturer at Otago University, Race Relations Commissioner and former Mayor of Gisborne, Meng Foon, Marie Laufiso, a Dunedin City Councillor, and Danielle Yamamoto-Kerr, the Manager of International Student Services at Otago University. There will be an opportunity for Q&A from the audience, and the person with the most insightful question will receive a free copy of Professor Jacinta Dhruru's latest book, Nakete Matauranga. Green Party MP Chloe Swarbrick spoke to Radio 1 about the student accommodation inquiry, which continued yesterday in the New Zealand Parliament. Submissions into the inquiry were cut short due to the House going into urgency to pass new legislation related to housing. Only three speakers were heard by the Education and Workforce Committee yesterday, Victoria University of Wellington Students Association, Southern Young Labour, and Thomas Pope Kerr, a floor representative at a Victoria University college last year. Submissions into the inquiry thus far have fallen broadly into two camps, universities and accommodation providers, and students and those who'd experienced the halls. Of those students who'd experienced the halls, there are a wide range of submissions, from those who'd loved every minute of the experience, to those with harrowing accounts of their time in student accommodation. Chloe Swarbrick mentioned that many of these people had gone into halls because they'd marked themselves as standing out from a flat, providing pastoral care, learning environments, connections, and community building, and lifelong friends, but these students had instead come out the other side feeling exploited. Submissions into the inquiry had been talking both about systemic issues within the halls and halls' responses to the COVID-19 lockdown. Chloe Swarbrick talked about the initiatives that Universities New Zealand was putting forward with CUSPAC, the new committee put together to streamline the processes across student accommodation in New Zealand. She agreed that this is a step in the right direction, but said that it was sad that it took losing a student Mason Pendrus in 2019 to get anything like these processes and investigation to happen. Following his death, a temporary pastoral code of conduct was put in place, which student accommodation providers are expected to follow. Many students in their submissions have acknowledged that this code is inadequate, as it's often too vague given its quick implementation. Swarbrick also discussed the lack of an effective disputes resolution mechanism, pointing out that to her knowledge, since its inception alongside the temporary pastoral code of conduct, the disputes resolution mechanism managed by NZQA has never been used. Some students had even gone as far as to go to the disputes tribunal to get issues with hall management resolved. However, this is problematic in itself, since this is not what the tribunal was set up for at all. Swarbrick believed that simple things, like a website so that students know their rights and where to go to for help, would be very beneficial to students. Speaking on behalf of Southern Young Labour, Liam Wairupu, a former student at the University of Otago who was a residential assistant at Salmond College for two and a half years, talked about his experience as an RA. He talked about all the difficult experiences that he'd had to work through in this role, despite being a young student himself. I became an RA in my second semester because uh, RA had um, had dropped out, and I'd made myself known to the to the management, and I was promoted to that point. But through through that, I realised actually all of the hard stuff that RAs go through, whether it's sexual assault, uh, not not personally, but dealing with those situations, and also suicide attempts was something that I saw was actually very regular. Similar concerns were raised by the Victoria University of Wellington Students Association, who said that while more support and training for RAs would be beneficial, RAs are not the solution to systemic issues in halls. But I think we have to remember that 
I, as a student going in as an RA, was 18 years old, looking after other 18-year-olds. We are not the solution, the be-all and end-all to fi or fix everything in student accommodation. More training, amazing. More structural support, amazing. But like more RAs and more training is not going to solve these issues that are arising here. Um, there are more systemic structural things that need to be addressed. Submissions will be continuing for a further two weeks. The inquiry is expected to finish in around a month's time and the committee will provide recommendations thereafter. That was the news here on Radio 191 FM. And now, the weather. The Radio 191 FM weather. Today has a forecast high of 18 degrees and a low of 10 degrees. Cloudy, drizzly periods this morning will clear throughout the day and moderate northeasterly winds will be developing in the afternoon. That was the weather here on Radio 1, Te Reo Irirangi Kotahi 91 FM.